and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie this week is Goats in the Shell. Yes, a movie about goats prior to hatching from their goat egg, where they will then go on to hack people for some reason. Hacker goats. Hacker goats. Yeah. The movie is Ghost in the Shell. The 1995 animated, you know, one, not the Scarlett Johansson one, which I haven't seen. I haven't either. The anime one is a classic. Yes. It's like the most, like, there are two anime movies, at least sci-fi wise, that are talked about outside of Japan frequently, Akira being one of them and Ghost in the Shell being the other. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to think of a third. Like, a lot of people who are into anime would know a third, but in terms of just, like, the average person maybe has heard of this movie, Mm -hmm. it's pretty much those two. And then you would get into, like, other genres. You know, Miyazaki movies they've heard of, those aren't sci-fi, right? I feel like this one definitely fits in interestingly in this month. It does. Uh, I see similarities to Blade Runner. I see similarities to Ex Machina, or things Mm -hmm. that, like, it feels like Ex Machina was, like, trying to do or something. Like, yeah, I mean, this movie obviously takes the philosophy a lot more seriously than Ex Machina did. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's trying a lot harder than an Ex Machina was. I don't really feel like this movie works particularly well as sort of a broad statement, largely for the same reason that a lot of these uh, anime movies don't for me, which is that, like, it really feels like you condensed broad source material down to very little time, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what happens usually, right? Because they usually have a very long manga series that's like, you know, uh, several hundred, if not several thousand pages. Yeah. And then they have to condense it down into a movie. And sometimes, miraculously, they pull this off. Akira is an example of one where you don't really notice that somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because, you know, considering how sprawling. In this movie, I would say that I really felt it. I felt like it was something that was really rushed and there's just too much stuff that they tried to shoehorn into the movie using dialogue but doesn't really work that well. Yeah. But I, I liked what they were trying to do. Yeah. Might be a, yeah, it's like I it. wanted more. Like I wanted yeah. to see more of this world. I mean, it, it it's kind of doing a little bit of like the Blade Runner thing where... It's sort of just like dropping you in in the middle of a world that kind of exists and letting you just kind of like watch it. I feel like it's it doesn't tell as complete like Blade Runner tells a very complete feeling story within that world. I think this movie like it feels the structure of it feels very unusual for what most of us would consider like sort of a classic, you know, story structure. Does it? It feels pretty I guess I just, standard to I, me. I think I think it's because of what you were talking about. Not okay. because it's not because it's Japanese or it's like okay. they were trying something really weird. It's just like I think because you get that feeling like they were trying to condense a bigger story down into something, you know, that's like an hour and a half runtime. It didn't it, the movie did not feel very long to me. I don't know how it actually how long it actually is. Uh it felt fast. It felt like it went by really fast to me. Um it it didn't feel like a long movie, no. And I, I don't think it is. It's it's under two hours, I think. Yeah, it feels that. It feels like an hour and a half or something. Yeah. And it does feel like they're trying to, like, fit a lot in there. And so, you know, it's like, it's doing this thing where you definitely have a lot of characters, like, sort of stating more philosophical things. Uh or just like informational things. Informational There's a lot of exposition yeah, he's in like, there. Oh, since you were late, here, let me just say what's yeah. happening. And I don't necessarily mind that stuff. In this movie, I think the movie, because the movie was pretty intelligent, so I was okay. I was, like, interested in the sort of, like, philosophy things that the characters were saying Mm. because I felt like they were actually interesting ideas, right? I was like, oh, that's, you know, we're talking here about, like, uh, like you said, the things in Ex Machina that it wasn't talking about, the idea of, like, artificial life versus, quote-unquote, real life, and what even is life? Like, where is that line? Um, and I feel like this movie was really talking about that in a pretty interesting way. Like the whole, uh, puppet master guy, basically this computer program that gains sentience and, you know, his arguments are sort of for what life is, is hard to argue against. Yeah. I mean, sort of the, the problem I have is that, you know, it's just kind of stuff that's stated, but it's not really super much in the movie. 
I mean, I have this complaint a lot of times. You hear yes. me say it yes. where I'm, I'm just like scenes in a movie. If they're just people talking about a thing, I'm not that interested in it. Uh, to me, that's more of like book material. Like it's like that's something that maybe if I read it in a book would go over well. But when I watch it in a movie, I just kind of feel like it's inappropriately placed. It's like it's it's kind of cross medium. It's like it's outside of the correct medium or something like that. Um, you know, kind of like viewing a still image for 30 minutes mm-hmm. in a movie would be completely ridiculous as a thing to do. Although I'm sure someone's done it uh, in some experimental film. You know, that's not necessarily something that would be completely ridiculous for someone to do in an art gallery if they just really wanted to look at a painting for a while, sure. right? yeah. And so, like, I just think there's this this kind of concept for me, at least, of, like, what what is and isn't, uh, like, a thing that should happen in this genre for me, like, or in this medium, I should say, when I'm watching something, expositional dialogue with no actual content in the, like, visuals or anything else to back it up, tends to just fall flat for me. And it mostly does in this movie as well. I agree that I like if these, this movie were a pitch for a better movie, meaning we're t- the things that were said in this movie are things we're going to make scenes about in a different movie, then I would be like, yeah, thumbs up. But in this particular movie, I just don't feel like they get enough stuff in there. You can see how they might, meaning like the structure of what's actually going on in the movie, unlike Ex Machina, at least is set up to have these things matter in that way but i found that they never really did like for example in the climax of this film the sort of pseudo protagonist it's sort of an ensemble kind of a thing we we kind of follow different people at different times but you know the protagonist insofar as we can identify one she is like neuro linked they call it diving uh, she's like neurologically linked with this uh, other creature the the program that you spoke of before and there's like a decision to be made about whether or not they will effectively have what I would term cyber sex <laughs> to form a new organism, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you could tell they were kind of trying to play that off as a question of if I do this, will I lose like am I losing something essential about myself if I do this but what does that really mean? Like, is it still me? Are my children part of me or are they not part of me? Like, what is an organism? Is it just the literal thing that that I am or is it my whole life cycle plus its reproduction that, like, goes forward? Mm-hmm. They, they had talked about all these things and to the movie's credit, the climax is that thing. Like, like it's not a movie like Ex Machina where it's just kind of nonsense the whole mm-hmm. time and nothing really lines up. They really did make a story that was designed to have plot points related to those things. But I never actually felt like the the actual emotional core was there to show that struggle or that actual conflict. They just kind of say it and then that's it. And so it it just doesn't really work for me, even though I think the movie was was doing some of the things you would need to do. They weren't. They just never connected enough. There was way too much just action scenes and stuff like that that fill up most of the runtime of the movie and not enough of me actually identifying with this character and and making me believe this is a real dilemma for them and making me believe that this is somehow very important. Mm -hmm. It just didn't work, right? And so, you know, that's kind of – that's where I landed on this movie, right? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely get what you're saying. Because this movie does the thing where it falls back a lot on on basically monologues. It's stating what it's wanting to say. I mean, wanting to say also I wouldn't like I like the way that this movie doesn't feel like it's actually saying anything. It feels like it's asking things, right? It feels like it's just asking a lot of questions about it didn't feel heavy-handed, no, which it, it easily like, could have it felt given like how exploratory. much exploratory. Like we are yeah. curious about these things. We wonder about these things. Um, and I like that. I like that, like, curiosity that the movie had. But, yeah, I mean, I think I, I kind of agree where it's like this movie feels very, like, it's not an emotional experience at all. This movie, it's like a very intellectual experience, kind of, where it's 
you're just kind of like thinking about stuff that they say, but you're not really like engaged with it or feeling with it in the way that, you know, when you think of stories, at least for me, when I think of stories, I think of like emotional connection. Like, I think that's sort of what stories are kind of for. Um, Well, I think it's what differentiates them from nonfiction, right? In other words, I could go read a book where someone was contemplating the meaning of life and it's just a discussion, a philosophical discussion for 400 pages or something. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't do that when I'm going to the movies, or rather I don't expect that going to movies, because that's really the more appropriate format. Exactly. A, A audiovisual sort of experience where you've got you know, specific characters who are ostensibly existing in a real world doing things and stuff like that. There's really no point to that stuff if you're not going to use that to explore sort of things that that which cannot be said. I mean, that's that's sort of the way I would look at it. Right. The mm-hmm. the point of telling it in movie form is to explore the elements of of ideas like this that can't be just stated in text and so to me, a movie always fails when the majority of the content is in the text because you didn't need a movie for that, mm-hmm. right? You did, it just – it wasn't necessary and it makes – it renders all of the movies superfluous because all you really did was just say what the audience should be thinking about. And, well, you could have saved them a lot of time by just making one paragraph that had those 12 lines of the movie in it and they can go think about it. It it just doesn't really work as a movie for me to do those things. Yeah. I mean, I I basically agree. I I, I wouldn't say that I think there's, like, no value in this movie or something. Like, I think the... the... What's fun is a, like, weird action thing separately, I guess I should say. Yeah, exactly, because I think the animation is really, really good. I like a lot of the designs, like the design of that tank, um, like that crab-like tank. It was really cool. Uh, It kind of came out of nowhere. It, It did this nice thing where the world felt fairly like expansive and creative and you never quite knew like what the technology was or what you were going to see i actually did like the characters uh, a fair amount like i do feel like for like i think his name was bateau the guy with the eyes um mm-hmm. like he was probably the most relatable sympathetic kind of character you you, con- was. you connected with him uh and you knew that you know he really liked he obviously liked the main character yeah. and uh and you kind of felt that, like I felt that at least. Um, so, like I do think the characters were okay. Um, I think he was okay. I yeah. think most of the other ones weren't really. Like, Maybe the I would say the other one would be the 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 um, the most human guy, the cop guy who was like driving her around. And, to a certain extent, yeah. I, I would well, say he not wasn't really. In it. He wasn't in it much. Yeah. Um, but I think these people sort of helped like flesh it out and and, and made it feel like there was like a human element um, or like an emotional element and not just like this intellectual exercise, right? There were some like little hints at emotion. Yeah. Um, and I do think the other thing I liked, uh, I liked that the characters were making like intelligent choices. Like I, I th- there was a couple of times where I was like, oh, this is like good detective work. That's like happening, kind of. Right. They had a they had a number of things where like what was going on was relatively subtle. They were like, oh, okay, we checked the pressure plates on the thing yeah, to yeah, know yeah. that there was more people coming in besides the two people who appeared to be coming in. And then like they did the thing where uh, he pretends to shoot at the car, sort of. I mean, he doesn't really pretend to shoot at it, but he's like he's actually shooting at the car. But then he shoots a tracer bullet into mm-hmm. it. To, so they and can follow ha- where it and goes. And he has to shoot it into the license plate because yeah. the car is bulletproof. So the yeah. only th- place it would stick is the license plate. Like, yeah. that stuff just felt really clever. Yes, it was like it was some thought was put into those scenes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't just like, I don't know, there's a car chase. It's like, actually, no, we like worked out how it would go. They had a decoy car, so they had to go like to two separate locations. It made, it made this organization feel competent. Um, it's, it was a plausible kind of feeling. Like a lot of times in movies, I feel like people and organizations just end up making stupid decisions and feeling stupid when they're supposed to be smart. Yeah, no, I agree. They, I, they'd all, that all felt pretty, like, interesting. Like, they, they never really made it super bland. It was always kind of yeah. a little bit interesting, right? Yeah, the, the scenes were very interesting. Like, the, the camouflage idea. Like, there was that really, the chase scene with the guy where he's in camouflage and you see him, like, he's, like, running across these boats and the, you don't see him, but right. the boats are reacting. Yeah. Like, those are really clever, creative scenes. Um and the and visually the movie was just shot really well. I mean, I think one of the most striking images is toward the beginning, uh, where the main character sort of wakes up in this room in this bed, and it's just a still shot looking out the window, and the room is like black, like yeah. dark, 
And she gets up. She walks off the side. We see the, the we don't see the door open, but we see the light from the door. Yeah. And it just holds there. And then she walks. Like, it's a very artistic, mm-hmm. filmy kind of shot, but more extreme than film. Um, because it's animated, it can it can do things like, oh, it's pitch black. Like it's it's visually evocative of like a real thing, even though it's not. It's I really liked that shot, for example. Yeah. I, this movie felt uh, like it was good filmmaking, which I liked. No, I would I would agree with that. Uh, I would say for some reason, this movie isn't really my style mm-hmm. for whatever that means. So I didn't super enjoy the look of it necessarily. As opposed to Akira, which we haven't done yet, but who, which I really like the look of for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Um, but I did think that all of that was interestingly done, right? Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, I didn't find this movie super engrossing visually, even though I felt like technically it was doing a good job at what it was doing. Who knows why? Yeah. Uh, what I would say is there's there are other i would also add that there are other downsides so the part that you're talking about with like the government agencies and stuff i don't think that was all win though mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff was just hard to follow yes, for I, no real reason yeah. and again i think just because not very much attempt was made to like think about how to recontextualize these things once you're condensing it down mm-hmm. um and so like there's entire things that i don't actually know what what even happened like, like I literally just have no idea what happened. I, I'm usually okay at following plots, but sometimes they're just like, okay, it's too much. Like Primer was an example where I just like I can't follow what's supposed to be happening here. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm not I'm not the best at it, but I'm not awful. Like I can usually follow if if it's reasonably explained, I can usually follow it. In this one, there are definitely times when I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like for example, there was a scene where the like the main scientist from section nine, the main, yeah, our main, the main crew, <clears throat> the main characters are, I think section nine, section nine is what I was thinking, but they kept saying the names and I got confused. <laughs> so section nine, the one that, that our main characters are in the main scientist from section nine is hiding in the bushes for some reason with like a giant phalanx of soldiers. And he says, as soon as the people go into the building, like storm it or whatever. And the end of that scene, and there's a guy like walking into the building, right? And he turns to the camera and the guy's looking at him in like a viewfinder thing on his like laptop looking thing. And then the end of the scene is him going like, move in. I I, I have no idea what the scene was. None. Mm, okay. Do you know who that was? I have no idea who I, that guy was. I, no. I have no idea what happened. They they evidently raid a building, I guess, but I don't know. And that helicopter that landed was also a helicopter that flew overhead or it was a match cut. Because like the previous scene, a helicopter flies over a different location where the main characters were. And then a helicopter, that helicopter, I think, or it's a match cut, I'm not sure, where it's just a different helicopter, mm-hmm lands at that facility that's going to get stormed and i and i just don't know like yeah. i literally just don't know what any of that that stuff is i don't know anything that's going on there at all and i don't just mean like i'm not sure how it connects to the other things i mean i don't know what it is yeah, like, like i just yeah. don't know yeah and there were definitely elements of the movie like that where i'm just like is maybe that's important like maybe i would have understood other things about the movie more if I had known what that scene was supposed to be. And, you know, maybe part of that is that, you know, may, you know, we're watching the subtitled because it's in Japanese and I don't speak Japanese. So maybe the subtitles aren't that good. And, and if you had watched it in a, your, if it was your native language, you would know. Or maybe it's just one of those things like you had to read the manga to know what the hell this was, in yeah. which case that's kind of bad. I don't know. So there was a lot of that in the movie and I didn't care for it. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even really know. If I went back and watched it a second time, I might be able mm-hmm. to know because now I have more context. To be honest, I... The opening scene, I don't know what the opening scene was. I have no idea. I don't know that the opening scene really had anything to do with the events that followed. I feel like it was just an opening scene. It felt like that to me. That I, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Part of me, like, I was actually, like, debating. I was like, should I just watch the English dub? Because... 
you know, sometimes for your f- first viewing of stuff, uh, especially for me for animated stuff where I really want to be looking mm. at the image, sometimes I do feel like with sub subtitled stuff, especially with anime, uh, you want to watch it like a few times. It may be, yeah. Uh, just like I got, I definitely came away from the movie with a little bit of that feeling where it's like, I think I to really gra- like get a good sense of this movie, I'd probably need to watch it a couple times and maybe even watch an English dub. Because just they so were I can focus, ab- I can focus on the images and what I'm looking at, and just be like listening to the information. I think it might be easier for my brain to process like things that I missed because I was like. There's too much to try to absorb. You know, like, it's easy to miss stuff sometimes. And they were talking about stuff. Like, yeah. so, for example, in that opening scene, they were talking about the, the, like, a, the, I think they were talking about the programmer defecting. Yeah. And the and the other, I can't remember, because they talk about it again, that same programmer having mm-hmm. defected when the guy does the dive into the mm-hmm. computer system or whatever. And th- there's a whole bunch of stuff where it kind of connects this information. Although... Honestly, I don't know that it really mattered to the plot very much that those things were happening. Like, I can't say that anything ended up really hinging on those facts, but I'm not really sure because, like I said, there are entire scenes like that, you know, move-in scene where I'm just like, I don't know what that was. So I assume that maybe if I went back and watched all that and now knowing kind of all of the rules of the world and who the various people are, I would be like, oh, okay, the first scene was them making an agreement to do blah, and then that moving scene was them trying to get the guy back and failing or something, but they just didn't show that or, you know, something like this. Sure. And I could, you know, maybe make more sense of it. As it is, I would say there's probably a good 30% of this movie that I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I only vaguely think I know what happened with the dump truck people like i guess those people were being controlled yes by the puppet program mm-hmm. and like everyone in that situation was like the guy who gave the dump truck guy the hacker card yeah it was just like his shell was right. being taken over by the puppet master and then the the driver also was so it was like everyone yeah. in that situation was just being used uh, and so, like I said, I think I get that sort of, but the reason I say sort of is because I have no idea what the puppet master was doing, meaning I understand or think I understand that the movie wants me to believe that the puppet master is sort of a virtual entity existing in some network, which somehow connects to the cybernetic implants that people have in their heads. And one of the things that this puppet master did was randomly have a dump truck driver drive around in sort of a two-stage process where he first hacked some other guy who was the guy running around with the Uzi, like, 9mm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Although I guess he wasn't firing 9mm bullets out of it. it. was part of what was going on there. They were remarking on how it, like, screwed up the barrel because it was firing the wrong ammunition or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, so I get that maybe that's what's happening in that scene, but I, but I don't know what was the Puppet Master's goal Like, why was he doing that? This is why I say, like, I don't feel like I really understood many of the things that were happening in this movie. Maybe if I, again, understood what that move-in scene was, maybe those things, two things are actually related. Like, oh, the the puppet master was trying to create this diversion because at that time he was, like, doing something in the manufacturing facility Mm -hmm. and he wanted those people to get out of a thing. But he was in Section 6's facility, so why he would be trying to distract Section 9's people, which is what actually happened... So you can see why I'm so confused. Like I just don't yeah. understand. Like, what were his goals? Other than, I mean, he obviously wanted to have the opportunity to come into contact with uh, sort of our main character. But how did that help? I don't know. And I don't know that may not have been his, like, primary goal or his only goal. So, yeah, I mean, it does feel, it, it does feel like we're only getting bits and pieces of the full picture. I don't necessarily mind that, but I do think this movie could have benefited from maybe like being a little more clear and maybe maybe part of that is like we would want to watch it again we'd want to watch it in in english dub i mean i would imagine the answer is you go read the manga or read the manga which i probably will at some point because i'm just like okay it's pretty clear that if i actually want to know what's going on in here i probably need like the thousand page version of this where (laughs) every last little thing has a scene right which and that's like okay i get i get what's going on now 
But I like... I, kind I, of like a Harry Potter thing, yeah, where yeah. it's like, if you go to watch the movie, it's not going to be very satisfying. It's really mostly for people who've already read the book and are like, oh, that's the cloak thing or whatever. I know about that thing. So, you know, it, it may just be a movie like that. Whereas, like I said, somehow, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, Akira managed to not be that, which is rare, I think. Most of the time when I watch anime stuff, I feel that sort of condensed. Yeah, I mean, condense. this is, I think this is the case for most yeah. adapted things. Yeah, not whether just... It's, uh, yeah. It, whether it's from a manga or from a book or whatever, um, yeah. that's a difficult thing. Well, or thing. Harry Potter, like I said, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's not just like a Japanese anime thing. It's like... They just have anime happens to be often adapted from manga. I was going to say you see it more there. I think just because that's a very typical pipeline. Yeah, Whereas exactly. long book series to movie actually doesn't happen that often here. I mean, it does. Well, happen, and it happens more with TV series, which probably work better for which it. Which work so. better, but you know, in this particular circumstance, at least in the U.S., mm-hmm. they don't often adapt most multi-book series. There, there's very few that actually get chosen for movie adaptation. The normal movie is not adapted from a 12-book series right. or something, right? Right. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of ideas I do really like in this movie. I mean, the idea that in this mo- in this sort of world, humanity can basically be hacked. Like, humans can be hacked. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's kind of interesting because the line between artificial life and real life is really blurry And in a way that's very plausible, honestly, you know, because the idea of like cyborgs is something that feels plausible, right? As technology advances, you know. Much more so than things like AI or robots, really, because it's like it's pretty easy to imagine just all it is is a slight technological improvement from something like Neuralink, right? Where it's just like, now you just have this little chip in your brain. Yeah. It's and, just and, an addition to a human, and there it is. Well, right? and total, and like, you know, the idea that a body is basically just a machine, as long as you have that brain in there, like, are you a human? You know, it's, yeah. it, it introduces these really interesting questions, and, and the fact that it kind of flips around where it's like, okay, humans can be hacked now, which is something we think of as like a very computer kind of thing right um but it's like oh no a brain is just i mean it it was one of the interesting things that um the puppet master says at one point which he's like he's talking about what is life and he basically says like how am how is how is humanity all that different it's just a you know a collection of like information and memories and it's like okay yeah you're kind of right. Like, what is what is that? Um, well, and it sort of uh, kind of tried to have a ship of Theseus discussion, uh, at least for the central character uh, or the the main characters. Kind of have a discussion about sure. that, where they're they're kind of asking the question, like, how much of me has to be replaced before I'm not me anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, a hundred percent, we would all agree I'm not me anymore. But like, ninety percent. 80%? Does it matter which percent? Right? It's like, it's, uh, you know, that's why I say it's a ship of Theseus thing. It's yeah. like, if we rebuild the whole boat, is it still the same boat or not? Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's like, uh, it's a reasonable question to ask. And, uh, you know, one of those things that you can kind of figure out how you come down on it by considering it for a little while. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I like all that stuff. It's yeah. just not really in the movie. Like, the character doesn't really have to deal with that stuff very much. It kind of comes up in the climax, but we don't really feel it very much. Mm-hmm. There could have been a lot more scenes about that and, like, less scenes about chasing a truck driver, which yeah. I don't really care about, right? And, um, yeah, because, I mean, know, she's, she's obviously dealing with it internally. Like, this is obviously weighing heavily on her yeah. mind. We know that this character is sort of troubled by these questions. And she really wants to, like, talk to the puppet master. That's, like, a central Mm -hmm. element of the plot is, like, she's going to do this. She's like, I'm going to link with this and and figure out what's going on here. And so you get the idea that she's been struggling with this a lot, but we just don't really feel it. Like, the only thing we really get is that boat scene where they're kind of, like, where she's diving. Yeah. Which was great, but it doesn't. It's not enough to really yeah. show that processing. We we need a lot more. And, yeah. you know, so, again, I just feel like the movie could, could have gone either way for me, but instead it went right down the middle. If they decided to just be a weird, like, action, like the born identity or whatever, yeah, yeah. and we don't care about anything philosophical, we're just going to have, like, this kind of weird intrigue action sequence thing, I think it could have been a good one of those movies. It's closer to that than it is to a philosophical movie. 
Or it could have gone hard into the philosophical stuff and just forget the action. We don't care. We're going to have a lot of stuff about these kind of decisions, showing her getting an implant and deciding whether or not to use it or taking one out by four. Like almost like, you know, shades of the movie Pie or something like this, where she drills into her own brain to take something out. You know, a lot of those kinds of things. We could have gone that route and really had something viscerally moving that has to do with this idea of are you you and what makes you you and that sort of stuff. But it really never committed to one of those ways. It went right down the middle and while sometimes that could work in this movie again like I said just didn't for me it was like it ended up being not a great version of either movie and and so you know eh. yeah you know thinking about something we talked about a little bit with Ex Machina this movie is like really into the like female nudity and much like Ex Machina I guess to your point yeah and I, I thought that was kind of interesting this movie doesn't really talk about that or deal with it, but I feel like because it's so philosophical, you could almost like try to interpret that in certain ways or it's like this body is, it's a female appearing body, but it has no ability to reproduce, right? Like the point of these, like it's very fixated on the breast, like that first opening, like the credit scene, it feels a little bit like, okay, these people just really, these guys just really like drawing this, but, but I'm also like, you know, it, it also didn't feel overtly sexual. No, it didn't. It felt very like sterile. It, it did, and I thought that that seemed like I don't. I, that's why it seemed almost like it wasn't just people who liked drawing that. It was kind of like exactly, hey, exactly. Uh, we we are drawing this, and we're intentionally kind of drawing it in a way that is a little bit disturbing, like. For example, they have multiple shots where the person is sort of ripped apart. Like the puppet master guy is just kind of like a weird torso that's kind of been dismembered. And the main character like tries to pull a hatch open and tears off her own arm. Right. Like and things like this. And so they kind of had this sort of like sort of off-putting depictions of naked people in a way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and like you said, it they kind of make sense a little bit for the situations that they were in. Yeah, and I just feel like this movie, it kind of invites you to think about why, whereas Ex Machina, like, doesn't really. Um, well, Ex Machina is just kind of bad. No, no, I but mean, I, just, so it's I saw a, yeah. that as an interesting, like, parallel between the two. Yeah. Uh, it's just hard to do much contrasting because Ex yeah. Machina just doesn't have a reason for any of the things that are in the movie. Sure, um, sure. They're all just kind of arbitrary. I mean, if you actually wanted to see whether or not an AI was smart enough to get itself out of a locked enclosure, you would not give it additional advantages, right? So you would you would probably make it look like an inert robot thing because exactly. that's harder. Well, that's why I was saying right? in this movie, it's like they clearly, so, like they've made a choice to make this body appear female. Yes. Like, and you're, you're focusing on, especially in the opening scene, you're focusing on these like organs that specifically exist for the purpose of reproduction yeah. and, and like nurturing a child. And it's it's kind of like the point the, the main fundamental like question and climax of the movie is like yes. you know is reproduction essentially it's an essential part of like what it means to be a living thing yeah and so i find that those actually tie together in I this agree. kind of interesting way that's kind of it's fu- it's kind of cool cuz it's like at first you're like why why it just feels like gratuitous and then you think about it and you're like oh interesting right so that's that was just another interesting thing because you know especially sometimes I think in in like anime stuff you can get a little bit of like the gratuitous like female nudity or boobies and this movie did not feel that way it didn't, no, it didn't. feel it 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 was just I was like trying to figure out the choice because it was a very clear choice right and it was interesting I also thought that the choice to make it so that the cloaking stuff only works for nudity. <laughs> Yes. For, yeah, yeah. For that particular person, it depends on how. It, from what I could tell, it depends on like the what you're using. Like if you're using yeah. a device that has that, or if your skin itself has that, right? Then it's which one mm-hmm. it is. I thought that was also kind of interesting because it makes for some weird scenes that are actually kind of interesting. Like at the outset. She just takes off her clothes, which like, is a weird thing yeah, to have like, happen, Why are you doing this? and then yeah. disappears. And it's like, well, that's kind of an interesting thing to have happen. You can see someone thought about that being a striking uh, thing to occur. So I, I do feel like, too, that was kind of an interesting use of nudity to kind mm-hmm. of shock you and make something seem weird. And then you realize it's not really that weird. 
mm-hmm. based on what they decided to do with the rules of the technology in exactly. this particular situation. Yeah. So, you know, that stuff was kind of interesting, too, I thought, in, you know, in general. Since I don't know that there's that much more to say about that, mm-hmm. I'll bring up one more thing that I found kind of confusing about this movie mm-hmm. and that I don't really know. It's kind of neither here nor there, but it was pervasive through the entire film and kind of made it harder for me to understand. So I didn't really understand for a long time in the movie what they kept talking about hacking a ghost. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, I actually thought that that they were literally talking about the, that the like people that we saw in the movie, like the main character were actually robots being controlled by a human that was somewhere else. I see. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. For like the first for, – for a good 30 minutes of the movie, I thought that. Because of the phrasing that they were using when they were talking about like hacking someone's ghost versus hacking them mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually I realized what they meant by that or I think I realized what I, what they meant by that. What they meant by that was saying, okay, so there's things you can actually hack, which is like – the computer chip in your brain or something, we can hack that chip or something. But that chip is just like a memory storage device or, you know, who knows what it is, but it doesn't actually control your behavior. So I believe I now understand that what they were talking about was the fact that ghost hacking means having that device that's in your head Convince you you have memories or knowledge that you don't actually that isn't actually true, which will then secondarily cause your behavior to change because you are acting on these memories like a loved one. Right. Mm -hmm. The the driver guy. I assume the whole reason for that scene, like I said, because I can't understand the bigger context of the scene, like why the puppet master is doing it. But, you know, part of the reason that scene is important to the movie separately Mm -hmm. is to get this understanding that we're controlling these people's behavior, not by literally taking control of them, but by implanting knowledge into their head that will cause them to take these actions of their own volition, Mm -hmm. but just based on false information. It's basically a way to, like, manipulate someone into doing something by by altering their their memories of who they are and what their life is. Which I actually thought was the most interesting idea in the movie. Mm. The reason I think that's the most interesting idea in the movie, although the movie doesn't address it, probably because the time period was not such that this is what they were thinking about at the time, um, was that this is actually a movie that would be much better suited to make a philosophical or political statement about propaganda. Because what is actually happening in most scenes of the movie is that people are being propagandized. They're being convinced of something that is either partially true or not true and being convinced that it is true so that they will take some kind of an action that someone else wants them to take. It's literally a movie about propaganda in that way, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really quite deal with that. Like, it's kind of deciding it wants to talk about something else, which is totally fine. But I felt like it had such a good setup for that, I would have liked to have seen that address more. And maybe in the manga it is, right? Because there's only so many things you can pack in there. Mm-hmm. But I there's thought that also, was a there's big also opportunity, like a, right? more movies, I think, too. There might be like a sequel and then some movies they made later. Yeah. So like this world is explored more. So I feel like that was a really great idea and a really great, interesting way to explore that concept of propaganda in a much more direct fashion. It's much more like tangible than mm-hmm. the more diffuse version of propaganda that exists in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, yeah. but it took me a while to understand what they're talking about. I did really like that idea, and I believe that then was what they were talking about when they said hacking someone's ghost, right? Is that they were basically saying like, okay, well, ghost is like your soul. They kind of used the word soul and ghost mm-hmm. or ghost hacking to mean hacking someone's soul, mm-hmm. meaning using someone's soul, their emotional content or who they are to do something by giving that soul false information. Mm -hmm. And so that part I feel like also was hard for me to understand because of the way it was set up. And maybe that's the fault of the movie. Maybe that's the fault of watching the subtitles. Maybe I'm just slow. If I went back and watched the movie a second time, I would have a much, I would probably have a, more a deeper understanding of those earlier scenes. Because when they were happening, I just did not get it. And I got it 
partway through the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, I think I think this movie wants to be watched a few times. Probably. Like kind of like Blade Runner in some ways. Like Blade Runner was a movie that for me at least uh I needed to watch at least a few times to like fully appreciate it. I agree, yeah. And I think this movie feels that way too. For very different reasons. For different reasons, but, yeah. but there are movies that are like that. They're they're asking a lot of you and sometimes you just got to watch it a few times. Um Yeah. But I like the way this movie kind of made me think about stuff. Um you know, the idea that, you know, people have sort of like given up so much of themselves to technology in this movie. They've yeah. sort of become so reliant. I mean, they were talking about needing maintenance, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and I think they were even talking about like, you know, the idea of like, if nobody knows how to maintain you anymore, like, you know, this kind of thing. And how do you trust? They're, they're, like, how do you they're trust talking who's about, do you trust you? the main maintainers not to screw with your, exactly. you know, uh, whatever, your brain or your whatever you're having maintained? Oh, totally. How do you know that they're going to not going to do something nefarious for their own ends with you, your your body, exactly. your brain. Yeah. And I thought that was all really interesting stuff that feels like, like the best speculative fiction, it does that thing. Where it creates something that feels like a very plausible future situation, near future situation potentially, right? That's That to me is like really good speculative fiction. Um, and I think this movie has like lots of those ideas in it, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, I guess a random thought. I had I said this during the movie. There was like a Tampopo style scene. Is the garbage truck scene? We start out following the garbage truck guys for the very first time. We we've never seen them before, and they're just having like a pretty mundane conversation. And uh, suddenly, this car drives by, right, and like almost makes them have to drive off the road. And they yell at the car, and then we're suddenly following the car. And uh, the two scenes do end up kind of intertwining but yeah. uh that felt like very tampopo it did yeah uh, which i thought was pretty cool because we yeah. talked about that before we're like why don't people do that more often and this movie yeah. did it and it was yeah. great i agree i agree to a limited extent they they indulged it a little bit yeah yeah so i don't know i i like this movie i appreciate it i feel like i understand why it was why it is regarded kind of the way it is yeah and i also think like so the the title ghost in the shell mm-hmm uh is also good like yeah, it it yeah. captures what the movie is is ostensibly about and it's a it's an intriguing title yes yes and uh, it's it's one of those movies that has an intriguing title that it lives up to meaning mm-hmm. they are literally going to talk about this and why you should understand what that phrase means and why it might be interesting to you mm-hmm. in this movie it's not just like we slapped a a title on the movie and it doesn't really matter yeah, or yeah. whatever right yeah. um and so, you know, I, I liked that, too. I was like, going into the movie, I didn't know anything about it other than the title Ghost in the Shell. And, uh, I mean, that could end up meaning something very stupid or uninteresting, but it didn't. <laughs> it ended up being something really kind of interesting. Yeah. And it's a great title and a, for a, a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So is that it? I think so. Uh, like I said, I probably would have a lot more to say about this story if I could get the rest of the context. And so I do think it's something that probably I just need to go read. Uh, mm-hmm. I doubt that like, watching it a second time, I'm sure I will connect a few more of those plot points now or some things like that. But I'm pretty sure based on what I saw in the first viewing that it's not really going to change all that much. Yeah. My material sort of like complaints and or understanding of what's going on but i do sort of suspect that if i went and read the manga i would come away with a lot more so maybe i will just order that yeah i would be curious um, I, w- I would read it too i'd be curious and read it because it, it's just i don't think i'm gonna get that much more out of a second viewing of the movie uh at least not of the parts that i thought were sort of lacking in the film mm-hmm. i think will just still be lacking mm-hmm. so I probably should just go the I should just go the long route and see if, you know, maybe the manga is not that good. I don't know, but I at least would like to find out. I guess one last comment I'll make. I uh I liked the music. That was really pretty interesting. Yeah, it was pretty interesting actually. Yeah. It had a, it interesting. It was kind of like an interesting hybrid of like a traditional Japanese yeah. kind of like uh choral sort yeah, of with, with, yeah, and drum like it was kind of that plus a little bit of futuristic mm-hmm. stuff. It was kind of like a good in in a way, I don't know if this is intentional, but in a way it kind of mirrored that idea that we've got sort of like traditional old school biology merged with like yeah. new high tech. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of like doing that with the music, which was kind of interesting and good. 
Uh, so I would totally agree. Yeah. And and just, you know, I think back to there's a there's a, a few sections of the movie where it plays that music and then it's just doing these like long sort of shots of, of city scenes. Of the city. Um, yeah. And I really like I, I really enjoyed that. I Me thought too. that was really nice. I loved how it took the time to just show you this world. That was sort of the, th- the Blade Runner element of this movie a little bit where it's like, I don't think the world they created was nearly as interesting um, as the Blade Runner kind of city, yeah. but it was still nice to see. It made this, it made it feel like a, a real place that's kind of like lived in. I, I would say that if we were going to draw comparisons, well, first of all, I would say I, I totally agree about the, like those montages. One of the things I was complaining about, you know, in this podcast was how I didn't really feel like we spent enough time actually dealing with the main subject matter mm-hmm. in those montages actually was one of i think one of the best scenes like that in this movie and i just wanted a lot more of it there's a scene where the main character is on a like a tram or a train or mm-hmm. a subway something like this and she looks up to see someone who kind of looks like her mm-hmm. eating at a restaurant mm-hmm. and like that's the kind of scene i would have wanted more you could say she kind of like was thinking about, like, who is that person? Am I, like, you know, like, she had this kind of thought about that at the time, and I liked that setting. It was, like, a somber thing. Yeah, I mean, the, idea, saw the, the city. idea that, like, you know, you feel like an individual, and yet your body is maybe this, like, mass-produced kind of thing. That's and very that, similar to someone else's. Exactly, and you're like, yeah. is that person me? Like, yeah. it, you know, it, that's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's exploring the sort of dilemma that our main character has, but we don't, we mostly just kind of don't see that. And it doesn't really hold on to it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And, you know, people either love or hate Blade Runner. I don't know. But that part, Blade Runner never screws up. Like, they always just hold on to it. Like, when you get a feeling like that in Blade Runner, it it lasts, right? Mm-hmm. It knows how to really, like, let it sink in. And it makes me feel like we're really doing this mm-hmm. thing, right? And uh, with Ghost in the Shell, it's just too fleeting, right? It's like, I get that one little scene, and it's like, okay, now we're not going to talk about that, that again for a while, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, this movie, And it's just th- kind of, it just that's that sort of condensed feeling that I, I'm hoping the manga isn't like that, but, you know, I don't know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good ideas in this yeah. movie. Uh, it's really well thought through in a lot of ways. It's really intelligent. It, it, it's refreshing almost in that way, where the stuff that characters are saying the questions that they're asking feel really intelligent on like a deeper level than than the sort of questions a lot of movies ask. Well, I would also point out that so if if we were going to talk about other anime stuff, um, so one of the things I thought about when we were watching this movie was uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, you know, I thought about that too right? because that's another like philosophical and, like, movie and anime. That is an example of an absolute train wreck. Like if you watch mm. that, it is just, I- I'm sorry to fans of that series, but it's awful. Uh, the writing is awful. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really and- cool, great things about that show, but it really failed, at least in my opinion, it fails really hard at the philosophy stuff. It's just awful. I mean, yeah. it, it's so, it just feels so high school notebook. It's awful. And, uh, and I was, when I was watching this movie, I was like, I was like, this is the good version of that. Like mm-hmm. they, they're mm-hmm. kind of doing the same sort of thing in a lot of ways as yeah. that movie was, as that movie, as that series was doing. Somehow Ghost in the Shell managed to be 10 times better at it in an hour and 30 minutes then neon genesis is in 10 episodes 15 episodes i don't even remember how many it was yeah, long well, and Ava, the thing with evangelion it's it like 20 i think yeah right? and evangelion ends up descending into i mean this is gonna be this is super controversial you could have an entire podcast just talking about that show it's not controversial the ending, I agree the ending with else, that but it's, it's, devolves yeah. into just like like almost masturbatory sort of like oh, philosoph- philosophizing yeah. that feels it doesn't feel intellectual it, 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 in the way that i feel like ghost in the shell feels intelligent well and it's it's just blatant is the way neon Gen- genesis evangelion feels right it just mm-hmm. it doesn't know how to weave something interesting out of its ideas it just kind of spews them out there right Which that's why to i me, say it's, it's like masturbatory it's, it's it, literally masturbatory like is a great term for it yes. like it's so self-indulgent and so i was thinking about that when i was watching this and i was like oh okay you know 
you've heard my complaints about Ghost in the Shell, but one of the laudatory things I would say about it is even though it kind of has to rely on a lot of dialogue for these things, I don't think the scenes really back it up as well as it needs to. It never goes there. It's always able to keep the ideas it's trying to talk about in fiction. Like they're all mm-hmm. in that world and it it makes obvious, perfect sense to the viewer. Even a rudimentary viewing of this movie, it's obvious why the characters are thinking about these things. Yes. Right? It is not this weird like this is just some random crap that the author thought about suddenly and threw into the middle of this thing. Right? It's like, no, they're all... They're all connected. There's a reason why these philosophical things are being discussed in this context. There are scenes in the movie that hinge on the decisions that you might make based on how you come down on these philosophical questions. That is all there. I think it could have been done a lot better, but it's all there and very solid. And I never had that Neon Genesis Evangelion feel (laughs) where I was just like, oh, come on. Right. You know, so. Congratulations. Uh, right, right. Yeah, don't do that. So Ghost in the Shell uh, definitely rises way above that. It's yeah. not at all like that. It's no. it's a it's a very coherent piece. And you you get the sense that maybe at least my naive sense until I read the manga, I won't know, is that maybe just they couldn't quite figure out how to condense this thing down into something that still had all the same ideas, but just is a fraction of the actual, t- you know, time it would take to show however long the actual manga was. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So. So I think that's it for Ghost in the Shell. I think that is it for Ghost in the Shell. It would be nice to do Akira. We'll 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 get it in there at some point. I would love to do Akira as well. Yeah, because Akira is really good. Akira uh, is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of on another level to, to anything else. It's on another <laughs> level. It's it's one of the best animated films, 2D animated film rankings. Akira's got to be, like, number one? It depends, I guess, what your metric is. I, if you're talking about purely about, like, the animation. I'm talking about everything. Uh, it's, it's one of those ones where I'm just like, I don't know what, maybe you could, maybe Miyazaki would vie for some spot with Spirited Away or something, or I don't know. Yeah, but, I think, I I don't know. It That comes down to probably personal it preference. It comes down to preference, but, but Akira is, is really impressive. Oh, it's up there, though. Uh, it's really impressive. Anyway, we'll try to fit that, that one in at some point. We should. Um, we should. So anyway, next week we're going to do The Terminator. Oh. Which is, I mean, one of, one of my favorite movies. Yes. I love this movie. So. Yes. That'll be fun. We'll do the Terminator, and we'll do uh, Arnold goes to Carnival. That's that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. Take it easy, everybody. Bye. <laughs>